Students, it's Friday. You made it. Your finals are over. You're listening to Answers to Gospel Question. Could your day get any better? It's me, Brother Lawson, and it's about to get better because Brother Wing's with me today. Good to have you here, Brother Wing. Hey, um, thanks for having me on this, and I'm hoping to bless people's lives by this podcast. You, you, <laughs> man, if we... I, if we could just number the amount of lives blessed by you podcasting, we would have at least a dozen, at least a dozen lives, I think, have been blessed. And so, man, I've, I've had double digits of, you know, gracing their ears with my presence. That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, the, the the thought has occurred to me before that a lot of people don't know what we look like. Like some of our podcast listeners have never met us. A lot of them have, but many of them haven't. I wonder what they picture in their mind of what we look like in real life. Like, do you think people envision me with as big of muscles as I really do have? <laughs> I know. It's sort of a scary question to think or what the answers might be. Yeah. Typically, I, I imagine if we met some of these podcast listeners that never saw us, they might stop listening they're like oh they look like that yeah, i'm gonna go listen to john by the way i think <laughs> um all right students well you made it to friday and we're gonna study a little bit out of uh out of john chapter 12 and this is a interesting it's a super interesting chapter and i think there's a great question that we can there's great questions that we can answer here in fact um uh, jesus gets asked a question and he answers it, so we'll let Jesus answer the question today. But there was a certain group of people, including Greeks, and I think that might be important. There were Greeks among them, and Greeks are not only famous for their delicious gyro sandwiches, or as Brother Wing probably calls them, gyros, but uh, but they're also famous for their the the Greek gods that they worshipped. Right? These were all powerful gods, gods that. Um, that controlled everything and gods, and this is the crucial element, they were gods that could never die. And so these Greeks who are in and around Jerusalem, I'm sure have heard about Jesus Christ. And then Jesus has this moment in John chapter 12, where he is prophesying about his own death. And he, and he says, uh, he says that uh, in verse 32 of chapter 12, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And this he said, signifying what death he should die. So Jesus is prophesying that he's going to be crucified. The question that uh, when people heard him say this, that, that he was going to die, the people answered him and said, we have heard, in verse 34, we've heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. How, and how sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Right? Are are you the son of man? Is I mean, who's this person that's going to that's going to die? Obviously, it can't be Christ, this God, because gods don't die. Brother Wing, what can we learn from Jesus's response uh, to that question? Who is the son of man uh, that's going to be lifted up? Yeah, and to kind of take that answer, I'm going to go backwards to verse 24 when, and you know, even verse 23 where he said, "The hour has come." that the son of man should be glorified. And then he gives kind of an analogy. He says, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Like he's kind of talking about how there's this cycle or process, you know, that seeds can be planted and that they can then grow and fruit can come from a death. 
uh, so to speak. Um, in this case, he's talking about his own life now and that, it, that as he dies, that there's going to be great eternally significant fruit for all of humanity uh, because of his sacrifice. Um, now, they don't seem to totally get it or they don't understand um, exactly what's going on. And so now, now there's this quandary for them that if they've come in with the premise that the Messiah can't die, mm-hmm. you know, then when he dies, they're going to be deceived, you know, or if he prophesies that he's going to die, they're going to be right. tricked because they're coming in with a faulty premise um, with that. And so his answer then is like, you know, it's kind of like you, you pause the scriptures there and be like, well, how would you answer this then? They're coming in with a faulty premise. He is the Messiah. They're not quite putting two and two together totally. I'm not going to judge them as if they should be able to. Like your point, if these really are Greeks, then they're not, they don't have the background necessarily to completely understand this, but they seem sincere in their questions. Anyway, so then given all those kind of complex issues that are going on, how would you answer this? Or what is the way to communicate on their level in a way that they can understand so that they can receive? And so that's worth just pondering on just yourself. But then here comes uh, what Jesus did say to them. He said in verse 35, yet a little while is the light with you. So certainly he's talking about himself, Mm -hmm. you know, like I am with you for a little bit longer. Um, walk while ye have the light like take what you have here consider what has been given to you and the opportunity then he says lest darkness come upon you if you reject the light that is here you're going to put yourself on a path of darkness um and then the last uh, statement that he makes at least with this verse is for he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth um and so perhaps there's a lesson for us there that we um, take action on what we have and we, we're going to grow from there. We don't know everything. We perhaps are like these Greeks in a way that, you know, we've got some maybe faulty premises that are coming on, or we've got some background that kind of confuses things a little bit. We, we're going to grow line upon line, precept upon precept. But in order to grow, we're going to have to take light, use it, do something with it. Um, that's good. And then it opens us to more light, but we need to take advantage of these opportunities. If we reject light, now we're in trouble. That's a path of darkness. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned something I think that's super important about the, the fruit can grow from death, right? Well, that's what Jesus is teaching. And that seems counterintuitive, except I was just reminded just today, when you said that, I was reminded about an article I just read today in the church news about a man that lives in Palmyra, New York. And for the last 27 years, his job was to take care of the sacred grove. I'm not sure if you've ever been to this. Have you been to the sacred grove, Brother Wayne? Oh, yeah. Multiple. Yeah. So this guy, he lives out in Palmyra and he was taking care of the sacred grove. And um, one of the things that started happening before he was hired to take care of the sacred grove, and this man loved the sacred grove, was the sacred grove started to die. and that's not a great forest to have die, right? We want to keep that place. That's a, that's a, that's a great place of, of peace and reflection. And so the church, we were pretty worried about that. Like, what are we going to do? Well, this man came in and 
and identified quickly why the sacred grove had the why the trees in the sacred grove were struggling. And the reason why was that there were some people that, in an effort to make the sacred grove look nicer, uh, they were pulling up all of the dead branches and uh, and and sweeping out the leaves and things that have fallen and trying to make it look more like a park uh, rather than just a a wild forest. Um, he said one of the things he said was these trees need the nutrients from the dead branches. They need the nutrients from these dead leaves. And so we just need to leave them there. All right. And it, it, so it seemed a little bit counterintuitive. We're just going to leave this mess of branches on the ground. But as they did over the next few years, the trees started to grow better and they started to grow, grow stronger. And, and now the sacred grove is, is doing great. And they just they just make sure that the paths are clear, but they just leave the branches on the ground and they nourish the the ground. So one of the things that that again was counterintuitive for the Greeks and maybe others that were viewing the Messiah as this individual who uh, was going to stay forever, and that was where the power was going to come from. Power actually came to us because, and light came to us because Jesus willingly sacrificed himself. Uh, and now we can overcome the monsters of of sin and death and live and be stronger, much like those trees in the in the sacred grove. Brother Wing, I'll give you the last thought. I want to go to the Book of Mormon because it talks about this infinite and eternal sacrifice that um, is given by the Lord, and that it's because of that that we have hope amidst our own issues where there might seemingly be death or loss or uh, overwhelming challenge, or even just like to take your analogy with the sacred grove, you know, the, the messiness mm -hmm. of life. And perhaps that, you know, there's the, the challenges, the messiness, the difficulties, maybe there's some nourishment that's in there uh, for us that we need to help us to, to keep go moving forward and learning step by step, you know, and receive this opportunity, this light that God has and so Alma 34 talks about that infinite eternal sacrifice. Uh, Second Nephi 28 talks about receiving this light, you know, and, and, and if we take it, we get more. Um, the, the warning is that if we say we have enough, then, then it gets taken from us, you know, and that we lose, we get darkness um, as a result. But um, uh, verse second Nephi 28 verse 30 says, I give unto the children of men line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, and blessed are those who hearken unto my precepts and lend an ear unto my counsel, for they shall learn wisdom. And unto him that receiveth, I will give more. And that's our opportunity to re to look to the Lord who offered the sacrifice, provided his redeeming power to us amidst our challenges, difficulties, losses and messiness that we can look to him and receive life and light. Awesome. Excellent. Students, we're so glad that you joined us for this episode of Answers to Gospel Questions. We hope to see you in our institute class. Uh, both Brother Wing and I are teaching an interesting institute class this, this summer about temples. We'd love to have you join us. Uh, but until next time, everybody, love your guts. Stay righteous.